Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to episode 50 of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your DMV sports podcast. That is right. We are at the half century mark here at Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are in our studios in Montgomery County, Maryland. Let's go around the room here. Jeremy, how are you? Good, boys. Excellent. Caps lived us another day. I'm happy. Absolutely. About it. I'm a little jump in my step today. Jerry, how are you, man? Terrible. <laughs> the jump, good to hear. Good to hear. The jump is your step. will last one more day when the Islanders wake up and say, what the fuck just, did we just let happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in just a few. But thank you for listening to Wings, Beers, and Tears. Again, this is episode 50. I think we would have gotten here a hell of a lot faster had it not been for said pandemic that we're all uh, sustaining our lives through right now. So yeah, thank you for... A little hang- bit of laziness. <laughs> thank you for hanging with us. And I, I'm just glad we have some content to talk about, even if it does start with the Cavs being down 3-1 which is certainly not where we hoped we would have been this time last week is our predictions, I believe, were caps in six, caps in six, caps in seven. Yep. For yeah. that to happen. You still got a shot there, Todd. I do have a shot for caps in seven. That would be, uh, uh, <laughs> that would that be, would be what, only the fifth uh, series in history mm-hmm. to have somebody come back from 3 to, 3-0 down. But I did say that with this tournament and with the restart and everything else, never seen anything like this before. If you're going to see a team roll, roll off four in a row, why not be now after the restart when everybody's all fucked up? You know, I don't know. Well, this is the year that those kinds of things are going to happen. And if the caps come back, um, even just to, to win one more and make it interesting, you know, a lot of this is chalked up to the, to COVID. So yeah. Yeah. Just the odd restart and everything else. All right. So let's get down to it. So first game, uh, very underwhelming. We were up 2 nothing. It looked like we were going to be up 2 nothing going into the third. Really bad, leaky goal, late second. Gave the Islanders life, and then they just put the pedal to the metal and made us look stupid in the third period, so they're up one nothing. Game two, uh, Caps score early, but continue their just lackluster 5v5 play. Their 5-on-5 five five play is a goddamn disgrace, and uh, the Islanders absolutely worked us. I'd say the better part of game two, we were lucky it was only 5-2, in my opinion. Um, down two nothing. Game three, Caps uh, played way more defensively responsibly, but they played not to lose, and then ended up losing in overtime, and it bit them right in the ass. The Islanders did the same thing, but when you're up two nothing, you can afford to play not to lose and and, and win one in overtime, and they did. So last night's uh, game four, I figured that was going to be it. I figured another four one, four two Islanders win for the first period. At, at first period, Caps looked dead, done. You know, see ya. And stormed back and got an impressive 3-2 win. So good on him for showing some fight. But most importantly, good on Ovi. Yeah. I mean, the guy just put the team on his back yet again. We're, we're, we've said it a million times. We're living in uh, just the greatest goal scorer of this generation. He is our hometown guy. We've got him. And it's just a pleasure to watch him play. He works his ass off out there. Uh, and there's still a few in the league that can rip it like he can. So, so the Caps live to fight another day, but like Jerry said, I think their their days are numbered, literally and figuratively. If they win tomorrow, I'd be shocked. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll, all bets are off. I guess I just I, I can't even get a read on half of these series right now. It's well, weird. The way they played in the second and third, I definitely won't be shocked, especially if they get backy back. Huh, that was kind of funny. Anyway. Um, I, I won't be. I won't even be shocked if they come back and win the win the series. I mean, I'm not expecting it by any means. Because I think the Islanders are too stifling. You know, you're not going to beat them four times in a row. 
You're probably going to beat very many teams for in this league four times in a row. I mean, Islanders didn't beat the Caps four games in a row. So I, don't, I just don't – I think that is too daunting, but you know players don't think about that. They no. think about one game at a time, obviously. Sure, so, sure. And they play one game at a time like they did the second and third period. Even though that's only 40 minutes of play, they're probably they're going to have a good chance to win their, any, any one of these games. The problem is they have to win all of them. <laughs> yeah, and the problem is now we've seen our sample size of four games is really, really underwhelming play by the Caps. Our sample size of seven games. Yeah, if you want to go back to the restart, I mean, they, sure. They haven't played one game that was worth a shit. They their only they played periods here and there. That's yeah, been the, it. Only, the only victory they had before last game was against Boston that nobody gave a shit about either mm-hmm. team. Yep. So I just I look at their style of play and the way they're playing, and they're again I'm going to harp on this. Their five on five play has been atrocious, and I personally chalk that up to lack of pace. They do not move with urgency on their breakouts through the neutral zone, and then once they gain the zone. And the Islanders right now are skating circles around us. This isn't the fucking Edmonton Oilers of the 80s we're playing. We're playing a defensively structured, well-coached team, but really doesn't scare anyone. And they're skating around us like we're, we're, like we're standing still half the time. Well, I think a lot of it uh, I'm chalking up to. Well, I mean, half of it is just they played like ass. I'm not going to you know get away from that. But I think the other half of it is all the damn penalties they've been taking. There's no flow. You can't get roll your lines out there. Because they're not uh, moving their feet. Well, Wasn't that the same thing we said last year against Carolina? Stupid penalties. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's to me that just proves the point. I mean, you can't. It's it's very hard to do what you and I want to see them do when they can't put their lines out there or the guys are only playing one shift every six minutes because of penalties. Mm-hmm. There's no flow at all. Right. No, it's their own fault. And that's, you know, piled out with not playing well in general. You know, you're getting down to it's only about a quarter of the problem is is that exact issue. But I think you turn that around. It's just like, you know, like, you know, Carlson's playing. He's not playing very well. He's hurt, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he hurt. can't skate, basically, which right. is not good in hockey. So, But you know what? He still, when he does have the puck, he's usually doing something good with it. But again, it's like, you know, Kuzi has probably, you know, he's been an enigma. I, somebody compared him to Simon on Twitter. I think mean, that's bullshit. But, um, but he's an, he's an enigma, and you know he needs to get the, you know he needs his shift every four minutes to have any kind of presence. And when you're in the box the whole time, he can't get that. Well, actually, that was one of the big differences in the second and third period last night. He did shorten the bench, and mm-hmm. the big dogs yeah. got a ton of ice yeah. time, and we dominated the second half of the second period, and then the third period. And again, I mean, we're sitting here beating them up, and and it's deservedly so. They've just been dreadful for most of the time. But the third period last night. It, it was like the tables turned. Islanders couldn't even touch the puck. Yep. I mean, yeah. they had they had zero scoring chances, I believe, in the third period last yeah. night. I mean, yeah. that, that was that was ridiculous. But that can't continue. Well, no. Well, well, then the first three games shouldn't have happened either the way they did. It's just a weird I mean, flip flop yeah. right now. I don't believe in my heart of hearts, like Jeremy said, I don't believe the Caps can win four games in a row against anyone, let alone somebody as disciplined as the Islanders. I do believe the Caps have enough talent to steal the next game and put a little doubt into the Islanders' minds. You know, if that happens, you never know. Again, chances are super, super low. I am expecting them to bow out tomorrow night to be done, and I hope next week we're talking about who's going to replace Reardon. That's where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the season. Um, I've seen enough to know. I think you were kind of done during the restart, if I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I, <laughs> I think you were done about the, the night I they had, raised the cup. <laughs> I, I think the, the experiment has failed. I'm ready to formally acknowledge that uh, the Caps made a mistake. They they made a mistake and they hired Todd Reardon. I was all for it because I thought that why would you pay Barry Trotz all that money 
for a team that really doesn't need a lot of coaching. But I was wrong because they have guys who some of them appear to be out of shape. Some of them appear, you know, they they tune Todd Reardon out and they play when they want to play. Um, and I'm I am talking, I guess, about Kuzi and, and to extend Ovi. I mean, the biggest criticism of Ovi, and he I love him, but the biggest criticism was a lot of people who knew hockey said he wasn't committed enough to wear the C. It shouldn't have been him. It, it should be Tom Wilson or somebody like that. I don't know enough about hockey to know it. Uh, he's your best player. It seems like it's natural that he wears the C. But the the long and the short of it is I think the the Caps have a lot of players who are not self-motivators. Um, they are not that gritty. And for whatever reason, at least for one year, they – they listened to Trotz. Trotz was able to get them going to, you know, and it was a rough start to the, but I think they, they, they flourished under Trotz. I underestimated, I, I think that, so, that sort of change when you bring in someone who obviously is the, not, I don't think Todd Reardon's a fire breather, right? I don't, I don't think he, no, he's, I would say definitely not. Yeah. So yeah, no. I think he sort of fits the, persona of someone who's laid back expects those guys to be professional i agree with that, is yeah. not going to um you know hammer them and be a big rah-rah guy i don't think anybody on their staff is that guy it doesn't appear to be yeah i would agree with you and i just think i just think the experiment has failed for this team we made a mistake we should have kept trots uh, or gotten somebody who has a little bit more fire to them um, so that's that's sort of my thought. I'm ready to pull the plug on Reardon, um, and uh, you know, and his staff. I just think that, that we've seen it two years in a row that they're good in the regular season when everybody's just pacing themselves, right? They're they're sort of in a rhythm. They play, but when you got to get nasty, um, it, it just appears to me that we look slow. Yeah, and I think that we're out of shape now. I do think Carlson's hurt. I think he got hurt worse, and so I sort of give him a pass. But you know. God bless Verana. I, I know he's. I know he cares, but he just sucks right <laughs> he's, now. He's lost right now. Yeah, and this is where the structure I think of a of a veteran coach like Trotz comes into play. You made a lot of really good points there, Jerry. But I, I do agree with you. I underestimated as well the value that he brings to to having that calm. And and I use the word structure. And what I'm talking about is regardless whether you're a top six forward, bottom six forward, top D pair, bottom D pair. You know your responsibilities on both ends of the ice. You cover for each other, and you hustle your ass off. And if you don't, you just sit. It's, it's plain and simple. It's not an indictment of you. It's just like, you don't got it tonight. Have a seat, kid. You know, right. Reardon has not shown the ability to, to have that acumen and that ability to change on the fly during the game. And Verona's one of those guys. His upside is tremendous. It's, it, it's incredible. In the defensive zone right now, we're basically on a penalty kill every time he's on the ice. He has right. no idea what he's doing in his own end. He's on the yeah. wrong side. He's missing outlet passes. He's not being physical. I, and that's we, structure. And we I, just seem not to be, other than Wilson, we seem not to be a, and, and Ovi too, but not a very physical team. I mean, think about it. We got Carlson on one leg right now, right? Kempney's not very physical. Jensen's not very physical. Jensen's been playing great. However. But he has. Uh, yeah, but he's not a, a physical type. No, no. Under, Orloff looks lost, and I think well, – And he I, kills everybody, so. But I was but I was <laughs> listening to uh, somebody on the radio, maybe it was Samantha Pell, who said he's been playing on his opposite side, and it's just not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was back, I think, on his left last right. game with Jensen, right? So, Well, it's interesting you talk about physicality because – 
they're the they're the quintessential team right now. The second they get frustrated, they start chasing the physicality instead of just making that like uh, you know the backbone of what right. they do. And during their cup run, they were physical just because they were flying around the ice and playing fast. And it's easier and more fun to be physical when you're playing that way. Well, it's also you know it goes back to the first thing we talked about possession. Yep. When you don't have the puck, you have to be physical to try to get it back. And you, the less you have it, the more physical you have to be. You wear yourself out, then you can't possess the puck. Absolutely. So when you're when you're possessing it well, then you can be physical when you don't have it, and you have fun trying to get that puck back. Then you go instead of just getting it back so you can get off the damn ice. And and, and, <laughs> and that starts to me, it's chicken or the egg, right? But again, yep. that starts with pace. Yep. And and you know our lack of urgency and pace on the breakout, I think, is preventing us from having possession. Well, and on the on the coaching side, you know, structure is the perfect. Way. You know, a lot of times you hate hearing it because it basically means boring. But I think what structure does is when you're not playing well or things aren't going well, it gives you something to fall back on to sort of, you know, tread water. Exactly. And they can't tread water. They can dominate. They can't tread water. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's a problem against the team with the Islanders, and you know Trotz knows that. And, I mean, I think, I, honestly, I think he's worried. He's already talking about making adjustments to the lineup. I think it's one of those things where he knows tomorrow night's probably the night. I, I think, that's what you need. You know what's funny? I try, and, I try and put myself into the shoes of the other fan base and everything else, and um, – couple islanders guys i follow on twitter because i'll follow people during the series or whatever they're like the japers side of of, of the isles and they're freaking out today because they were like here's the deal they're like we stole game one because hope was awful they're like they they thought the islanders were terrible in game one they were like we're so lucky to have won that game basically hope just shit the bed they're like game two great islanders performance we dominated Said game three was a a snore fest, and that was going to be a coin flip in overtime. He said neither team looked like they did. Both teams looked like they Verona had. Oh, I know. So in their mind, they're like, we could be down three one right now, and they're they're freaking out because they were like, last night was our prime example. We're up two nothing. They look dead and gone, and we let them back in the game. And you know, we as Caps fans would be doing the same thing if we were on the other end of it. And that's the thing is that's some of the Islanders don't have. It's it's not like to me. I mean, their fans might disagree. I don't think they necessarily took their foot off the gas. It's just they don't have that much, and their engine, you know, their offensive engine isn't that high. They can Completely possess, agree. but they can't score a lot, you know? So. Well, they are, they are really, really good 5v5 because of their structure, but they don't scare you. And that's why I, I'm just uh, – if I'm a Caps player, I'm kicking myself right now because I'm going, why did we give them that much time and space and so much opportunity in those first two games? Yeah. You know, well that that game one, man, they they were up two nothing. They should have been up more than that because yep. the Islanders were taking stupid fucking penalties. Yep. And but you know what you guys said uh, when the Caps made their run is they were getting third and fourth line scoring, and right yep. now there's just nothing there. There 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 really isn't. I mean, you know, Kovalchuk might as well not play. Honestly, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, talk about an, another ex- perfect example of someone who's not getting either, if not getting the ice time, not getting the right flow because of all the damn penalties. Because he ain't PKing anything, and he's on the third line. That's that's the kind of thing though. Where again, back to coaching a little bit, you want to try to see some adjustments, and I think you started seeing it a little bit. You know, last night, you know, Reardon saying, "Screw it, I'm not going to let these guys keep sitting." Sorry, fourth liners, you're not playing for a while yep. because we need to get our guns out there. Absolutely. And I think the best part, you know, and this is going to all sound idiotic once they lose tomorrow, but um, <laughs> the best part was that, you know, I think they responded to that. You know, they, 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 they one thing with the Islanders, you can't get behind, right? That's what scares the shit Absolutely. out of Absolutely. Well, they got behind 2 nothing, and they came back. And, I, and thought that I stopped watching even yeah. on my phone because I thought they <laughs> – I thought they had just given up. I know? stopped watching dot 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 the life of Jerry Hyde sports fan. Yeah, I mean, I I watched on uh, 
I got I got drunk on uh, Friday night at Deep Creek Lake when my family was there. And, nice. And my mom was goading me, you know. and As she is wont to do. Yeah. God, and I so the Cavs were, they're losing 5-2, and she goes, so are they going to win? And I said, I yelled it. I mean, I lost my shit. I was like, you see the score? Why are you asking me that? And, you know, and then I felt terrible because everybody was looking at me like, dude, you're you just sent mom. She's eighty years old. You sent her to you sent her to her room, <laughs> and I was like, and Holly goes, "We're not watching game three. Um, but so I'm looking at some stats from last last game. Even though I guess to your point, Todd, that the they got um, the premier players got a bunch of ice time. Kuzi mm-hmm. got 22 minutes. Yep. Uh, Ovi got 18 and a half. Wilson got 18. Uh, Oshi got 17. Eller got 18. Yep. Verona got 14, but then you get to the third and fourth lines combined, they had four shots in the in the game. Yeah. So they're just not it's, doing anything. It's not good enough, man. Not good enough. I I don't know why it, it, it gets deeper than that. It, it's such a complex game, but it's also a really basic game at its core, you know. And if you can skate and if you can execute just simple possession type mentality you can you can hang with anybody you might lose three one three two if you're overmatched and the other team gets a couple bounces but at least you're there we weren't even fucking sniffing that third period of game one and then all of game two yeah, so it was a clusterfuck you know we essentially we 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 spotted them not a couple goals we spotted them two games in the series well, what did dylan say so that took us 10 periods to get going yeah yeah <laughs> well, but didn't koozie also say in post game that we stopped thinking and just started having fun and i interpreted that to mean I stopped listening to what the coaches were telling me to do. I, I had the and same just, exact thought. I was playing. I was playing my style of hockey. Well, and and bec- he got so many minutes because he is a center. And Pino, who's the fourth line center, yeah, God bless cu- him. I mean, he's an age. Yeah, yeah. He's just a placeholder at this point. You know. Well, um, they need Backstrom back so they, they can get him. they can get uh, drop Eller down to his third line and then drop Dow down to the fourth. One of the things that makes us so good when we're at a full roster is the depth at the center position because Eller I've always I've said this for a couple of years now he's basically a second line center who's willing to play third right. line because he knows how good Baxter mm-hmm. Mancusi are yeah. we're well, blessed to have that absolutely. You know, so if you have to bump him up that's not a big deal for him but it fucks you down yes. the road yeah. and, and and that that domino effect there is no doubt in my mind that in game one of the first period Trotz had a bounty on Nick Baxter I just I just think they said we're because they were taking stupid penalties and they I mean well, Baxter only got one shift. He only got, and then he but, got just well, jacked up. It was completely fucking cheap. I've heard both things now. I I thought he played after the hit, and then I've, I've heard he played. I've heard I both. thought he played a little bit. Nope, yeah, he was I've on the bench, both. but did not get okay. back into the okay. game. He was on the ice taking skates during uh, okay. the the timeouts and stuff, but he did okay. not get Maybe a shift after that. Because uh, it was even Joe B that said he he was out there, but that's because what he meant. I mean, he was just standing there, and that dude came up and who's not dirty. Is Who, he? Lee, Lee's not dirty, but Lee's a big. Right, big dude, and he hit him late. I mean, it was bad enough for Carlson to come on the ice and, and that's say, "Where?" And that's where I'm with you, Jerry. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but look, I love Tom Wilson. He's our guy. But when you see Tom hit somebody late, he targeted that guy. Right, that guy slashed him or did something. He's like, "I'm gonna fucking drop you next time I see you." I don't give a shit where the puck is. And I'm not. And say- that's that's basically what Lee did. And I'm not saying Trot said, "Hey." When Backstrom's on the ice, we take him out and end in the series. I'm just saying, he said, we're going to start this game and we're going to be physical and you hit him every time you see him. It's exactly what I, I was know? thinking. He was kind of like, look, I know this team. I know that they run through their centers yeah. and he's their top guy. If you fucking see him on the first shift, lay him jack out. Him at, jack his ass out. Unfortunately, because Lee did it when the puck wasn't there and because, it, it was a dirty hit. It was a dirty hit, but 
if you look at his face afterwards sitting on the, on the penalty box, it's not like he was talking shit. He was sort of like, fuck, what did I just do? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he also knew in that moment, I'm, I'm being dead serious, he was like, fuck, I'm going to have Wilson's to answer to Wilson now. Yeah. And, and he did. And, hey, kudos to him, man. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to go, but I also wouldn't want to take those uppercuts either. Holy shit. Well, I mean. But, I thought Wilson was going to pop his head off. You know, <laughs> that, that they were sending a message in the first period of game one that it's going to be physical and we're going to target specific players mm-hmm. in terms of putting hits on him. Now, I'm not saying that Barry Trotz said we're taking Nick, Nick Backstrom out of the series. Right. I'm not saying he did that, but I'm just saying whenever 19's, we, we got a good physical with him. Well, and, and we brought up Carlson. he'll break down. We, we brought up Carlson as well, and I'm going to give him a ton of credit for just giving it the old college try right now because obviously he's not 100%. Obviously. So even, let's call him 60%. Even at 60%, what a difference maker he is in yeah. the lineup. When, his, when he has the puck on his stick, the defender's – for the Islanders play completely differently. I mean, he had a great A chance last night, mm-hmm. and uh, Varley, he thought it leaked five-hole. It got behind him a little bit. But, I mean, Carlson and his presence on the power play is just so calming and so much better. Well, hasn't he been in all the power play goals? Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, so he, so Carlson at 60% is still better than any other defender we have at 100%. Yeah. And did, did Varley get hurt, or did he did they just didn't like the way he played? I, I have no idea. Okay, because yeah, he didn't. I don't think he even skated after the last games. I think he must have got. I don't think Gouda skated either, but he played. Well, that's true. So. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, I didn't think he was brutal. You know what? He wasn't. Um, um, now, he played with Dylan, didn't he? No. No, yeah. he played with, with uh, Siegenthal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan was up with Carly. He, he was. Carlson, so yeah, there Carlson was, Dylan, Jensen, Orloff. So there was a sequence there in the second when it was a penalty fest where Dylan and Gudis were out there for a couple shifts because of how they had to mm-hmm. shuffle things with the power play time. And Dylan seemed like a really good calming force for Gudis. And I saw him way less frantic. He didn't give the puck away. You know, he didn't just ice it because there was pressure on him. You know, turned it back. You know, went back, played behind the net. Like, he looked like he was a little bit more in the flow. And I had never thought of them as a pair because neither of them are really burners. Right. But um, it, it was just an interesting observation. Well, and, and I think that, you know, even though I said Gouda should only be out there to beat people to death, which I still <laughs> don't mind. But um, Fine with that. Yeah, I just think, though, that actually in this series, if the Caps can possess the puck, he'll, he should be fine because, you say, they don't scare you. Yeah, Barzell can dance around anybody, but he can dance around anybody, not just Gudis. So oh, Barzell's, not, you know, Barzell's yeah. he's, he's yeah. in that top five to seven category of guys that could just fucking fly with the puck well, from coast to coast. With puck, I might put him right behind McDavid, honestly. I mean, McKinnon's up there, obviously. Those three are probably the top three. And, I, you know, and unfortunately, we've seen too much of it in this series. Um, but so, you know, I, I'm not as lacking in confidence and goodness as I was. I think he really we probably just needed to get back into the flow a little bit, and he's he's there now, I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, yeah, so, I, I, again, I don't put the Caps' chances very high in terms of coming back and winning yeah. the series. I'll still give him maybe 10% chance. Which That's probably, probably less high. than that. Um, um, I just I, I just want to see him play a, a decent 60 minutes and get a victory tomorrow where we're not going, oh, here's the Caps just playing like shit again. Yeah. I'd love to see play for 60 minutes somewhat like what we played in the in the latter half of last night's game you know i expect the caps to to run out of gas they may start so. good because they're they're going to have to play big the, their big players minutes and they're going to get worn down and ovi can't do it anymore right he, he can't you can't expect him to do that shit and when you put the third and fourth line on there they're gonna they're gonna fuck up like always yeah. well that's that's one of the important things that i i have a feeling that if you asked Rudin about it he'd say it was a mistake is that I think in the first few games he was really trying to keep rolling the lines, thinking ahead, thinking this is going to be a brutal, you know, six seven week stretch. We've got to keep guys fresh. We can't, you know, overuse them. Well, now you have to, 
And now, even if somehow they do eke out the series, what kind of shape are they going to be in, you know, in the next series? Because they're going to have to run these guys into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you worry about that. But right, no, you can't. Well, let's look down point. the road, right? I mean, what are we thinking, honestly? So I think the three of us agree Reardon was probably – see, I, I think that these statements are okay. I think we were okay to part ways with trots. Right. And I think we were okay yeah. to give Reardon a shot. But I think that the, the the proof is now, the evidence is there. I don't know that Reardon is your guy going forward. He's not your guy. And so, you know, with that being you said, made a mistake. Yeah. Fix your mistake. Right. The, my only fear is this, and actually Andrea brought this up. Leonsis is so loyal, and he is not a knee-jerk reaction cheap. guy. He's he, cheap. He, he sticks yeah, with I don't think Reardon makes that much money, so. <laughs> no, but he, but he sticks with. That's exactly with, why I got hired. He doesn't, he, he's not one for going up. We didn't do this. You get the ax. Like, he gives coaches, he gives GMs, he gives people lots and lots of opportunities. This COVID thing is the perfect out for Reardon to be like, hey, look, two years in a row, regular season success. We lost in Game Seven to a hot Carolina team, and now we have to restart. You guys got to give me another chance. I he, could see he got Teddy outcoached going, in both. I, I agree with you, Jerry, but I, I could mean, see. I, mean, yeah. I, I could see the I mean, scenario. I, I can see it too. Because I don't want it, to see it. You got to pay Reardon his buyout, and then you got to hire someone else, and you got to, you know, re-sign players. I get it, man. And it's COVID, and there's no fans there, and money's tight, and I, I, I get it. Yep. Right? I understand all that. The proper move for winning should be to get another coach. I agree with you. So, I agree with you. you to, to me, I think you acknowledge that you gave him a chance. Um, he's proven that he cannot outcoach anyone. I, I don't think he's outcoached anyone. Um, and he's maybe been out. Maybe himself. But he's been outcoached. And I think he's just proven that he's not your guy. You know, right. Maybe he goes somewhere else and he's amazing. But for here with this group of guys, they've tuned him out. They, mm-hmm. I think Kuzi just said they, <laughs> they won because he just started having fun. Well, Jerry, what you just said is the key, because, at least I think so, because I think Ted listens to, or McClellan will listen to, because it might even be, really even be Ted's decision. It might be more McClellan's decision. But, um, That's a good point, actually, Jeremy. But I think he'll listen to the players. And if he either hears it, you know, explicitly or gets a vibe that they tuned him out, and that's the only reason that oh, they did. He doesn't fall know apart. that. You can see it. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, players may like it. I mean, I'd like to play for a coach that never fucking yelled yeah. at me. And well, I just, he, here's the thing: getting back to sort of the, the start of this is like, <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah, push me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the move. I think it was the. It was. I'm not going to say it was the right move, but I'm sure I approved of it at the time. You know, because we all did. You know, you know. But at the same time, I don't know how you don't give a guy who just won you your first franchise's cup whatever the fuck he wants. Basically, I'm yeah. I don't yeah, understand. I don't understand it, that. But it, it, I, I'm not saying. I, but I agreed with the move at the time completely. Here's my dream yeah. scenario. Here's my dream scenario, and you know where I'm going. Uh, I hope. I hope. Uh, uh, all right, go with it. And then I'll I'll either blast you or not after this. Columbus loses out. Torts gets and fired, get and we come. We get Torts. That's no, Columbus is done. Yeah, they done. lost today. But, oh, they're done. Yeah, lost but I don't, how are they going to fire Torts? I'm, they're not. But <laughs> but you know. But I mean, that's my yeah. dream, yeah. right? Because well, that's two years in a row that they've been a little unsuccessful. And yeah, but they they were picked like basically DFL. Oh, I get it, man. They had and, it, and he overachieved. Torts the health coach. <laughs> He's a great coach. He overachieved this year. Yeah. I'm I was saying like that's my dream. Only for the press conference. Uh, fodder that would be for me. absolutely hysterical. I guarantee guy, you, he could co- be sitting here with us talking like this, and it would be akin to him at a I press guarantee you, guarantee you, our Russians don't want Torch to coach him. No, I don't believe so because he will be in Kuznetsov's ass. All every right, so freak- you just brought it up. All right, so here's my thing. Jeremy makes a great point. Maybe it's not even Teddy's call. Maybe it's McClellan. Well, he doesn't get a pass either because he's made some mistakes. Oh, he has. He has. 
Um, so here's all right. So here's the deal, right? Does <laughs> does Ovi's voice carry more clout than any of that? And does McClellan do his exit interviews and do all that at the end of the year, and then basically just go, "All right, Ovi, who do you want as your coach? You, you know, we're we're going to figure out how to I don't make you do retire that. here, and who do you want?" I mean, I think he may do that to an extent in like, terms of... What do you of, think? But he's not going to yeah. say, who do you want the coach? Well, yeah, and here's here's my, one of my... How many uh, more years does Ovi have, by the way? One. But one. He'll, All right, and you, the guess is what he signs, at least for as long as back he's here kind of thing. Here's... I mean... Okay. I know this is... You guys are going to hate me. No, go the for it. The Backstrom contract was a nightmare. I said it was a nightmare when you did it, when he did it. Five years is way too fucking long. And for it, Backstrom? Yes. It's gonna turn out watch. It's gonna turn out to be in year three, we're gonna be like, Oh my god, I can't believe we're paying this much money. I think the Jensen contract was bad. I think the Kipney contract was bad. Yeah, but there's there's just such a small portion of the cap. It Kip, fucking but Kipney makes, makes a lot of money. Two and a half. Yeah, I thought Kipney makes a lot of money. Yeah, and didn't Jensen, Jensen like, get like five million a year? No, uh, no I think they're it's maybe like, like I, th- I was gonna say they're like around six combined. Yeah, pretty sure. I don't know, man. Now that Backstrom contract was way yeah. too long. Well, the Backstrom contract, Oshi too. It's it's designed that the that last year it, you probably really is are gonna regret it. But so here's you know, hopefully it's not the last two years. So don't do that with Ovi. Well, and don't do that with Dylan. Well, that's the only way they can like keep these guys at a, re- a relatively reasonable hit. I know. Well, so. th- the first domino that has to fall is the coaching staff and decision. Yeah. The second one is Holpe, and you need to move He's on gone. from him quickly. Ninety-nine percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't, I, I've already said. I'm already ready to say goodbye yeah. to him. The only Correct. thing that, that gives me even one percent, and I'm pretty sure this isn't even relevant, is you know I, I assume we all know now that Sam, uh, Sam Sonoff hurt himself on an ATV. What a dumb fuck. And fucked up his back and stuff like that. <laughs> what a dumb fuck. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's stupid, definitely that. Stupid fucking So the only thing is, if if <laughs> they know or that he's not going to be back next year, which they've said the opposite, that could throw a little monkey wrench into things. As long as they think he's ready to start the season, hope he is 100% gone. Uh, and real quick, though, back to the what you do about the coach. One of my concerns is this, and the problem is it's, it's like a, a complete double-edged sword coming right back at me even saying it, is – a lot of times, first-time coaches don't work, and that doesn't mean they're not going to be good coaches down the road. Sort of what you alluded to, Jerry, earlier. Look at it. Look at the what we consider the biggest dumbass that ever coached this team, Bruce Cass- Cassidy. Cassidy. And now looking at him with the and Bruins. Now looking oh, at the Bruins. He's got awesome yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> what about Bruce Boudreau? Bring his ass oh, Jesus back. Jesus Christ, God, no. Love me some Bruce. Bruce. The, Bruce guy, the guy would yeah. do post-game yeah. press conferences with ketchup on his if you go, If you go ask Obi to find a coach, that might be who he picks. But, um, no, no, Bruce yeah. uh, Bruce absolutely deserves another gig in the NHL elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Not, not right for this no, team right no, now, I don't no. think. No, so that that's what worries me a little bit because you know Halpern was brought up. So that's who yeah, that's that, well, that's so the name. Of, another that, new coach that we could just completely suck and we have to get rid of him in two years. You're absolutely right. So that, ra- that's what worries me a little bit. I, I would Halpern, rather so the I, Caps I'd be happy with that. I would rather the Caps take a tact of we're getting a proven winner. Get Babcock. <laughs> I mean, seriously, get 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 a proven winner here. I don't know. See, like I don't La know. Violette. I don't know who. I don't know enough about hockey coaching to know mm-hmm. who that is. Not a retread, but someone who has won and been successful. Well, it is a retread, but that's a, that's in the NHL. Honestly, I don't well, think retreads as bad a word as in some sports. A retread, I'm talking like is Jay Gruden, who's never been successful, but he just knows people and he gets jobs that right. way. I'm talking about someone who's been who's won a cup, has been successful, and is kind of a grinder. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's going to rub Obi the wrong way because he's not going to be coached right now. Now, there's so many coaches like that. It, it, it's it's going to be a tough call. Um, if I was a betting man right now, knowing McClellan, knowing Leonsis, I think Reardon's going to be back. I, that's not my choice. I'm just I'm saying 
if, if, if you give me... Well, well, get ready for another first-round exit next well, year. Each right. game that they win, including last night, you know, pushes that percentage higher. There's no question that he yep. comes back. Because I do think if they if they had ended that game like they started that game last night... We I mean, might be that, talking about his obituary today. Periods <laughs> yeah. might have been enough to, you know, I mean, make it likely instead of, you know, just 50-50 at best. Right. So. All right. So we're going to move I just, on. Can Rocky. I just Go say, oh, yeah, yeah, can yeah. I just Go say tor- Torts' post-game uh, statement today to the uh, to the. Uh, uh, media, please. So, Dude, said, go, said, go fuck yourself. So this was three hours ago. Apparently, he, they ended the game, and he, they talked about how they overachieved. And he goes, "You know what, guys? I'm not going to get into the touchy feely stuff and the moral victories and all that. You guys be safe. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Get me the fuck out of the yeah, bubble and back home. Yeah, get me yeah, to get home to my bourbon." Yeah, good yeah, for I'm him. Sure he's got plenty of bourbon in the bubble. <laughs> now, love me some torts. Uh, he's 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 fantastic. He's good for the game. I like him a lot. All right, so. We're going to move on from hockey, but let's let's put it out there now. So, when does this series end? Do you think it's over tomorrow night? It's over tomorrow night. I think I think tomorrow night is the best hockey game of the series. I think it goes back and forth, three three overtime. I think the Isles win it. Yeah, my my head says Isles win it tomorrow, um, but I also can see, you know, I could see the the fuck this attitude in you know in the in the koozies players like that. And I, you know, I think this team is good enough that they can make this a series. But I think that if it's going, you know, I think I'm going to be so positive if they win tomorrow that I do think that tomorrow the Islanders know they need to win it tomorrow, and I think they will. I think the only chance the Caps have tomorrow is if they just skate and play really, really well for the first 40 minutes, and the and the Islanders get frustrated. Let's say it's a close game to start the third, and the Islanders go into their thuggery, which mm-hmm. they are. Very Which capable. they can, yeah. Oh, that fourth line, especially well, somebody like Martin or Clutterbuck. Yeah, exactly. If they get like a five for boarding in a game in the third, yeah. and the wheels just come right off, well, that could be see the, Hathaway just pissing off Martin or Clutterbuck absolutely. so much that they just board the shit oh, out of without him. Without question. <laughs> well, Hathaway, or uh, who was it? Ovi last night when he put uh, uh, what's his name? Sezikis. Uh, no, yeah, it was Clutterbuck. No, Sezikis. He put in a headlock, and then who's the other dude that Wilson quote unquote boarded? Um, Mayfield, yeah, Mayfield. What a giant wuss that guy is! Holy shit! I mean, what take, a little bitch! He was down on the ice. For Christ's sake! He got hit like eight feet from the board. He got pushed eight he feet got from shoved. the boards and went flying like a little fucking. It's like me boxing somebody out in basketball, <laughs> and they go into the front row and they just lay there for five minutes, yeah. and then they pop back up and yeah. they, you know, it, it yeah, run down. Well, I'm sure well, his shoulder hurt. What the fuck are you doing? What a he, what a what here's a wuss. the ultimate, and this uh, we can end it on this because this is this is a summation of all summations. <laughs> Well, you should be good at that. Your after, honor, your honor. <laughs> after the Tampa Bay game, the first game that of the restart for the Caps, John Cooper came out and said, there's nothing this team doesn't have, right? The, the Caps being they're big, they're physical, they have skill. Everybody should be talking about them. And they've won two fucking games, and one of them really didn't even count. So that shows, that shows you how much underachieving they have done. That shows you how bad they've been. And I think... They got hot for a period, but mm-hmm. they'll go back and suck tomorrow because they're underachieving, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, so I, I think all of us agree it's probably over tomorrow night, but the longer it goes, the more doubt pops into the other Is team's Is anybody mind. surprised how Boston's up 3-1 on Carolina? I nope. thought that'd be the opposite. Nope. I, no, I, I knew Boston's needed to get going. At least that was my thought since even before the everything See, started. See, but there's, there's another example of a coin flip 
that hockey is because those it, it, Carolina could be up three one just I mean, as easily. Well, yeah, but you got you got Boston. I mean, Tuka Rass fucking sits out because he's just not having any fun and he's just opts out. Well, well, and, I, I don't know about that, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, he just opted opted out. He's mm-hmm. their starting fucking goalie. It's like holy well, shit. Yeah, but I mean, his apparently his situation was he was about a whisker from not coming at all. Because he didn't want to leave his family. Right. And then he, he went a month or so, and I guess his wife called, daughter was sick. He's like, I can't deal with this shit. All right. Like, well, maybe, maybe, but, but they right. were, they, it's not like they were, they came in as the fourth seed. They were playing worse than the Caps. Yeah. Yep. And then they oh. turn it around. But, and, but like the Caps, they are big, they are strong, they are physical. Yeah, they, and they can got, skate. Oh, they, they have, they're, they, they got have veteran presence. Veterans, veterans yep. they're creative. And well, to your and point, the Caps are underachieving. Like 100%, drastically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the interesting things is what six of the eight series got to 3 1. My guess is that's pretty damn rare. I, I would think yeah, so. Too. I just think that yeah. some, the teams are having, you know, it's, I don't know if it's momentum. I don't know if it's been. Yeah, and the pendulum shape. is swinging the, way well, differently. Boston, than Boston's up 2 1 now, so they, they may end it tonight. They may good. Get Carolina out of there. Well, also that game, maybe they'll fire Brenda Moore. And we can get that motherfucker. He's sexy. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that that guy still played. That guy, he looks so. He always looks pissed. Fucking awesome. jacked. Yeah, he um, always looks pissed. But that Bruins Kings <laughs> game is going to determine our game time tomorrow. I'm pretty sure because they're on the docket too, and I'm sure they wouldn't play until the late game since they're playing right now. So they, I think the Caps are either four. I don't know. That's I. I don't know if it's four or eight of the only time slots, or would the Caps be at six or seven? I don't know. Just do a start yeah. doing blow, guys. That's so start it, doing koozies. I wonder that's, 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 that's maybe that was the intermission. You know, <laughs> yeah, refreshment. That's right. I'm kidding for the most part. A little secret package. I don't give a shit. Just win, dude. All right. So hey, win one game three times. That's yeah. all you have to do. Win really? one. Pe- win one period. Yeah. Make it a period of time. Absolutely. But you know, again, it'll probably be over tomorrow night. Hey, no it probably done. will. But if, I will say this: that I've seen a team lose from a three nothing. Didn't that happen to us one time? Did the Rangers no. or some shit like that? No, nope, never. Three one many times. Three one. Yeah, in the last but see, twenty years, it, yeah, it's, it's like three one. Is is hockey? It's almost common that you see teams up three one lose series. Right. That's where we are right now. Right. Forget the fact that it was three nothing. That doesn't matter anymore. It's three one. Right. So, yeah. but again, I, I digress. Well, uh, and just also just since the, this may be the last time we were able to talk positive about the Caps this season, the last <laughs> this time was positive. Yeah, well, no, I mean, <laughs> what I'm going to say hopefully is somewhat. Um, the last time this happened was what L.A. over San Jose. Yep. Uh, six or seven years ago, and L.A. won the cup. Yep. So. Yep, the same. Of course, Maybe. that wasn't in a bubble, so you know. <laughs> All right, so and uh, the game on. the game is over. Boston wins the series four uh, one. Nice. Right, keep an eye. I don't know what you're following exactly, but I want to I want to keep an eye on this game time. This is very important. All right, so moving on, let us discuss the uh, one of the most <laughs> interesting sports topics since this entire uh, restart, return to play, etc. has has happen now in the pros is college football um last week as we were coming on for episode 49 we had just gotten the news that the big 10 and pac 12 had nixed the fall season and said we are not playing football (sighs) since then (laughs) there has been a whole lot of of behind the scenes action legally speaking from medical experts with ties to various Big Ten and Pac-12 institutions that have said that the data that they used or didn't use to make their decision was false. (laughs) And now it is a giant political shit show as the SEC and ACC remain pretty uh, headstrong in the fact that they are going to play some sort of four, five, six games at a minimum. Probably not going to see many more than that. 
I really hope they said the data why? we didn't use was false. I why, hope, why? hope somebody actually said why that. Why don't you think they'll play 10 games? Because it's currently August 18th. Mm-hmm. We have zero written protocol for how any of the conferences are going to return to play. There is no central testing agency. And the numbers that Forbes just came out with for them to take it upon themselves to properly test all the players and staff and everybody associated with it, including the travel, they would have to make in the, what is it, 40 to 50 million per broadcast in order to offset the costs as conferences, in order to have revenue sharing that was beneficial. So at this point, if they came out with a return to play scenario, conference specific, by the end of the month, you're talking middle of October. So you're going to get what? Six, seven games in? Yeah. Well, best I think case the, scenario? The key word you're saying. Why is that best yeah. case? That's what I don't understand. The key Why word they to stop? me is the conference. I, that's, that word might not be relevant this season. Yeah, I think if they start. But otherwise, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Because as I think as the fine-tuned um, details come out, I think you're going to find that the bottom four to five teams in each conference are probably going to bow out. No. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I think I, I think I think they these conferences like the SEC and the Big Twelve and the ACC they recognize that they need to play and they're going to play the entire season. And with all the pandemonium going okay. on, define entire season. Ten games. Okay, they'll play ten games and to a conference cha- and a conference championship to for the basis of TV revenue. So that they don't lose a well, shit ton of money. Alabama's putting SEC's putting twenty five percent, twenty to twenty five percent capacity in their stadiums. I've I've seen that. I saw K State had it had a plan to put twenty five percent in as well. Yeah. Um, so they're 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 going to do that. They're going to uh, look, but they're not going to have tailgating. I get it. All right. Um, here's the deal. All right. I am a college sports fan first. Right. I think I differ from you in that if the NFL punted tomorrow and said we're not playing, I don't really think I'd lose any sleep. I'd be like, oh well, I don't really care. Well, it's being a Redskin fan. <laughs> but it is. That's true. Um, but seriously, I love I love American football. I love it on the weekends in the fall. The landscape this fall is all fucked up. See, I, I've already made my peace with that. I would love to sit on my couch and watch football. I don't know how realistic it is at the college level. I think, I think what we're seeing is that people are not going to be driven by fear. And the Big Ten, something's going on with them. Something yeah. is going on with Look, them yeah. other than COVID. I don't it's, know much about this situation, but what I heard today, don't know if it's true, is that basically this new, there's a new, uh, whatever you call them, commissioners, uh-huh. what do you call them, whatever the fuck yeah. he is, basically lied about everything. There was no vote. There was no anything. Right. They just, he said there was, and he said that's why they weren't going to play. And maybe he got the presidents to say, well, yeah, we sort of did this, but they were like, there was nothing. And he right. just made it all up to cover his ass because he didn't want his first year as commissioner to be this bullshit. Well, the, yeah, there's a there's something going on um, that the Big Ten took the lead. First of all, I'm a lawyer. You can get an expert to say anything. Oh, for sure. Right. So you can ha- you can have a doctor say you are safer playing football uh, in a structured um, environment uh, where we can test and we can have rules, and we can somewhat, you know, uh, prevent kids from just being reckless. Right. Um, It is safer for them to do it. Mm -hmm. And these heart conditions, um, it's that's fear and fabrication for the people who don't want it to play. Right. Right. Um, 
Is there a risk of playing? Absolutely. Uh, can you get COVID? Yes, you can. Will you get COVID? Probably. Um, is it going to be long-term detrimental? Probably not. So when you, when you weigh that, it, because these people in the SEC and the Big Ten and, and or Big 12 and, and the, uh, uh, the ACC, they have convinced themselves that they are right and that they are actually yeah. protecting their kids. Yeah. You know what? You know, if I'm arguing on their side, you yeah. know, again, if, if, I'm, if I'm being their lawyer, it is, yeah. Right. It's like, okay, so they get COVID on campus. When we have very good medical care, we have facilities, instead of them going out and partying with their boys, getting that nobody knows, they don't even bother to go to the doctor, and then they get and then really sick. There is a new saliva test that mm-hmm. has come out yeah, that test. apparently... Four bucks. Um, yeah, it's very cheap. It's quick acting. So I don't know the timing of that. I have no idea if that's true. But apparently, they have, they have put a plan in place where it, you know, they plan on playing, and it's safer to play than not to play for these kids. The Big Ten, I think, for whatever reason that I can't figure out, um, this commissioner and a couple presidents decided six days after announcing the schedule without talking to athletic directors and coaches um, that they weren't going to play. And I don't think that decision has all to do with player safety. I think it has – there's other reasons, and I think the Big Ten thought – We'll get the Pac-12 to come with us because they're our bitches. We're from the Rose Bowl, right? So they fo- <laughs> they 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 follow the Big Ten in whatever they do. Um, and I think he thought that the NCAA, co- um, combined with the media pressure, would make the other conferences do it. I think the Big Ten is surprised that the other conferences said, "No, nope, we're going to play." Anybody surprised the SEC would go along? You wouldn't go along, or whatever you want to say is no. well. Everybody <laughs> caves to pressure. Sure. The but- easy thing to do is say, don't play. Because if you say that and you're a sports writer, you can't be criticized. Right. Where people get criticized, if you're a sports writer, say, I think they should play. And because that is, oh my God, one kid gets sick, we're, we're screwed. To me, there's, there, there's many different angles you can attack this from. I would attack it from a financial standpoint because that's what I do and that's my background. And I would say, this is a very simple business transaction. The oh, institutions absolutely. need. Absolutely. They need to stop the bleeding. They're all losing money, regardless of who plays and how many games they play. And there might be a nice financial windfall on the surface for TV revenue. Everyone is losing money. This is an absolute fucking shit show for colleges and universities. It's irreparable for some colleges. Absolutely right. So that that is a fact. I think That that has nothing to do with... I think Rutgers is done. I think Maryland is in trouble. So that statement has nothing to do with your proclivities in terms of safety or anything else that is a fact these universities are facing an uphill battle that you very plainly said and you're correct may never recover from okay that's a fact so if the point in playing is to offset the financial losses show me the ledger show me the pluses and minuses and how you can pull this off well, that's the that's the key, or or if you are a detractor, the the opposite. You right. Know, you sort of brought up those numbers before, and you know that that's really where you know show me why this isn't viable financially. Correct. Forget show, everything else. Correct. Give me this your is plan what, and yeah. show me what each yeah. each school within that conference that buys into this and plays along. Tell me what they have to put out and tell me what they get in return. And show me yeah, exactly. And you know, and I don't know why either side. It's like both sides could do it. Neither one is doing it. I, I, Why I don't, not? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. No. He, but but he, here's, here's the flip side of that coin. Show me 
that by playing football, you're in more danger of getting COVID than by not playing football. Then you go into a rabbit hole. You you go into a rabbit hole. But but that's what – see – But nobody knows, Jerry. That's the point. No, The the money we know. Here's the thing. Here's where everything turned. Because the mantra is we have to protect the players and we have to protect the students and we just rely on the data. That's that's the comp. We rely on data. You know what data is nowadays? Data is shit. But the SEC said, show me the data. Fuck you. You're wrong. You're bullshit. You're relying on junk science. Okay. So, and that's fine. Right? Again, you're going into an ambiguous route when you talk about data this day and age. But because this data is, is this flipping is why, every single day. This is why the Big Ten commissioner is going to lose his job. Oh, he, he, very, he probably should. I think, he probably he's, should I, I, th- I think he's going to lose his job because he thought that things would go the way everything else goes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when Montgomery County public schools canceled everything. They just said we're doing it because of the data, but they don't. the The Montgomery County health person never explains what the data is relying on, and why is that data different than what the CDC says? Because it's just it's it's the culture, right? It's it's the wave. It's the it's the fear. And when well, they just said data, okay, that's good enough for a lot of people. What what we are finding out now is that then it's not good enough just to say. Uh, the, the kids are in danger and the data supports that. Now people are saying, no, 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 show me. And, and show me. Well, here's the problem. You get, into, <laughs> you get into too many subjective scenarios that are politically and emotionally charged on amen. both sides of yeah, it. Because the data supports both. Correct. So my well, point the data is, supports whatever you want it to say. Well, so my, pretty point, much. my point in this whole yeah, scenario is the equation. Re- remove all of that because it exists as a giant cesspool worldwide right now. Right. I, I don't I don't believe the WHO, I don't believe the CDC, I, I don't believe anything. Right. All I know is I'm living my life <laughs> the way I need to and doing it logically and safely. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. Okay, so, so why remove all big, of that shit. Why did the Big Ten do what it did? I don't know, but remove all of that mm. and show me a fucking very basic P&L statement that says exactly. if That's, this conference plays yeah. football and if we can get on this network and we can get eight games, ten games, twelve games, this is the windfall for each school after all of the costs. Well, show me that. Obviously. That doesn't have any fucking ambiguity. Or, obviously, yeah, or show me how much they're going to lose because of testing and travel correct, and whatever right. else. Obviously, they're making more money by playing than by not playing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing. Yeah. I would I would normally have agreed with you. Obviously, there's hundred percent. I need to see the data though. Well, Show me. I I don't have the data. All I know is, um, if the SEC, if Alabama was go, was going to lose money by playing, Alabama wouldn't be playing, right? And if uh, if Oklahoma was going to lose, and Texas were going to lose money by playing football, that's exactly they wouldn't be playing where, football. Where the problem comes in because there are maybe what. A dozen that might be overshooting schools that a hundred percent make money and make good money. That's it. Unless they're only playing each other, the, that, that's where the problem comes in. I heard something right before I left the house today. I don't know if you guys heard this. I don't even know. You don't think Mississippi State makes money playing football? Well, in a normal situation, of course, because the conference they're in. Well, they're still in the same yeah. conference. Yeah, but, but Jeremy's point is this: there's so many moving parts, financially yeah. speaking, that aren't in the normal business, yeah. you know, transaction. Uh, they don't make as much as, as Alabama I, does. I, guarantee I, that. I don't know what to yeah. tell you, but, but the SEC, all the schools, every school that plays football yeah. in the SEC well, makes a profit. Yeah, and, and that's every it, school, yeah. even the, the bad SEC. ones, um, right? In the Big Twelve, in the ACC, the Big Ten's the same way. Yeah, yeah that's what I can't yeah. understand. 
I but can't it, understand what the Big Ten is doing. I, I, I can't well, tell you. Yeah. But the thing is, and this is where I don't know really where this falls in. This is why earlier on I said conference may not be the word that needs to be taken out of this because, uh, what is it, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, and I think Iowa have already agreed to a 10-game season. You get basically two, like, or you get six teams, play each other twice, home and home. That's your 10 games. They're hoping to get Michigan and Wisconsin to buy in. I can't. I I, I don't think that's going to happen. That's what, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I have no idea, but that's the last thing I heard is they're trying to sort it because they're they're saying the same thing. You know, what the fuck are we doing? And and my whole thing is, again, the clock has been ticking. The clock was ticking back in in a month ago. Yeah, I mean, we're no further along. You can't put Genie back in the bottle. No. I I don't give a shit how much people complain. They're not playing football in the fall. Well, the Big Ten is. In the Big Ten, yeah. But that doesn't mean, I mean, you even said it best, I thought, last pod about not only I mean, the conference or the NCAA football landscape is going to change completely. Yeah, NCAA as a whole is basically done in terms of football. That's it already is because it's, it's run by the conferences. Yeah. Well, shit, if the teams can break away from the conferences, then it's not even run by the conferences anymore. Well, yeah, I those th- network <laughs> contracts are yeah. fucking detailed as yeah. shit. I thought, that, I, thought that, I thought that teams would break away, but then after the pod was over, they said, no, we're not breaking away. Yeah. But so now you get, like I saw an interview with James Franklin who says, <laughs> he says I'm a fucking asshole. Well, I'm sorry. But he uh. said, no, he said, um, I understand the decision, but then he goes on to rail about how the process to get the decision is flawed and it makes no sense. So therefore, he actually doesn't understand the decision. Right. Uh, because how can you say everything? He doesn't understand much. Everything's fucked up, how you reach the conclusion, but the conclusion's right. You know what he understands? A wad of cash in a kid's bed uh, yeah. house. That's what he understands. But I think there Fucking were, asshole. you know, if I'm a coach <laughs> in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, maybe not the Pac-12 because it's his own island out there, in the Big Ten, I'm worried about recruiting. I'm worried oh, yeah. about, I mean, what happens, the NCAA already said they will not grant waivers to transfers. Right. Um, and this petition that was started by Fields at Ohio State has like 300,000. It doesn't matter. You could have 3 million. It's still not going to matter. Right. But I think what it shows is, it just didn't go the way they thought it was going to go when they made the announcement. I think they thought that there'd be like mass support and I mass pressure on the agree with you there. Yeah, mass pressure on the other conferences to join in. And when they bucked it, and there really wasn't a lot of, oh my God, you're putting kids at risk because they, you know, those doctors come out and say kids are safer. And I understand they're they're made paid horse from the SEC just like they're paid horse from the Big Ten, right? But um, they didn't get the groundswell. In fact. There's groundswell now against the decision because it was done so much in secret with a bunch of lies yeah. saying it was a vote. Like the whole thing is bullshit. <laughs> the whole thing is complete bullshit. But Here's I don't know. What I want the bullshit to see. is bullshit. Here's I don't know I where want. it lies. Where's the? I don't know if it's the commissioner or a couple of renegade presidents or all of the above. <clears throat> Could be all of the above for the conferences that claim they are going to play. Show me how you're going to do it. They're like, oh, we have a schedule. No, no, no. Yeah. Show me how well, every b- yeah. person is going to be tested, when they're going to be tested, yes. how they're going to get there, how they're going to get home, and then what are you going to do post-game? Yeah. You know what they're doing? You know what they're they, – they have rules, and they can't associiate with college kids. Yeah. I understand that. I but, get yeah. you, man. I, I get there. are all kinds of fucking players. You're, t- you're asking an 18-year-old not to go to a party. Right. And, I get yeah, it. That's and, and what I'm saying is we have, we have private billion-dollar – organizations in this country in the NBA, the NHL and Major League Baseball 
that had every lawyer under the sun, every medical expert that they could get their hands on to put together. Well, they worked together, I think, maybe, to an extent. These encyclopedias worth of return to play, which essentially boiled down to we own you for the next three months, four months, whatever your season is. And that was a pipe dream until they actually got off the ground and got going. I get it. There, there, I, but that took 10, 10 12, 14 there's weeks. There's going to be positive tests, right. and there's going to be cancellations, <laughs> and I get Absolutely. it. But it's just going to be like Major League Baseball. But, you yeah. just go on. You but just that just going. piles on to Todd's yeah. original point. You know, even just, you know, talked about P&Ls and things like that. Well, RTP, you were trying to play scenarios. This is what we, we expect, this number of positive cases. I, we, this is what we do about it. We have our own little bubbles. We'll only play teams that have been in bubbles, but all that shit. I agree with you, though. You, you're right, because let's say West Virginia plays six games, and then someone goes to a party, and then fucking 14 people have COVID. Well, then they can't play the next week. Right. Exactly. Right? So so then they play one less game, and eventually if that happens more than once, you just got to say, eh, it's not for us. Right. We, yeah. can, we can't do it. So I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, is I think – these college coaches are maybe unrealistically, they are putting parameters on this is what you can do, mm-hmm. this is what you can't do. Right. And you can't go to parties. But, and and I, I'll go back to what I said before because that works for the individual institution. I, I agree that if you give a fucking slave driver like you know Nick Saban the keys and say, hey, it is your job to write up the protocol and do everything, he's going to do it because right. he's going to coach and he wants, he wants his guys there. Can, can you say the same of Old Miss? Can you say the same of these other things? Who is in charge of all these entities working together? Well, it's got to be the, the problem. It's got to be the commissioner of the conference. Correct. And right now, the commissioners of the conference, you know what they've said? It's up to the individual schools to create a safe training environment. And de- These guys are smart. They're smart. They have plans. They're the smart, pl- but they're also fucking greedy. But I get it. But they have plans. They have protocols. What you're asking, though, is you're asking 18 and 19-year-olds, especially the ones that aren't playing, <clears throat> yeah. you know, because I've yeah. played college oh, yeah. football, and if you're not starting or on the second, you're basically yeah, forgotten. Be yep. well, yeah, and and you know, no coaches are paying attention to you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so um, so the, you're asking – kids to grow up and make reasonable decisions which may be in fact unreasonable and it may be untenable Mm -hmm. but i do think i do believe not just that i want to see it i do believe these kids are safer under a structure with responsibility and accountability and they're getting tested every other day i completely agree with that i don't think there's any way to disagree with that yes I mean, if, if, yeah. if the kids are getting tested and if they have parameters where they're allowed to be, if they're in the same circles of, of groups of people, I'm perfectly fine with that. I gar- but I, I don't know that that's realistic. I guarantee you, guarantee you that the college coaches would prefer schools to go online yeah, for absolutely. the first semester and, all those students yeah, the players and let their fucking players stay <laughs> and kids are still going online yep. and let us play. And and that's what they would prefer. Mm-hmm. That seems to be abhorrent to most people. Like if kids can't well, be there, they can play football. Why? A bunch of schools already like didn't. I don't know if it was Tennessee or some of the SEC. They basically have. I don't know if they appropriated another building or some. Basically, they don't have to leave. They only need to be in like four buildings. Yeah, you know, for classes, they can go in-person classes even, or well, I guess they'd be online. But basically, a study hall, a cafeteria, uh, a lounge, and a dorm. You that's know, it. most people. <laughs> who don't follow football and don't play football and don't have kids that really care about football 
are probably like, how come these assholes get all these benefits and my kid has to go virtual? Because they like that, dude. When, in fact, these people should be saying, thank you, because you may be saving a sport that I do care about. Absolutely. Yep. Here, right. And, and we talked about this months ago on the pod when we were talking about you know football possibly playing in the spring and these other like harebrained ideas. That's not going to happen. The closer you get to reality the more variables you see that are in play. And I guess as a logistics guy, that's my biggest fear right now. I want to see college football on Saturday on Fox and on CBS and on ESPN. I don't see how it's going to happen when I've seen absolutely nothing. All these reporters are clamoring for everything they can get real data-wise. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on the landscape that says what the actual return to play protocol is for these conferences. Well, they, they you the know, the longer that goes on, the more I'm like, most no reporter, way. most reporters are begging for drama, right? They want to be able to report so they can go in hush tones. It's, and, oh, and, and right now they have nothing. In, the quarterback at Alabama just tested positive. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> no, no, they, like, they like want that, like, but they've got nothing. Right. They have nothing right now. Where the kid is actually drinking and having sex while having COVID because he's such a badass. <laughs> well, and that's such funny. She has COVID too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, COVID on COVID. Yeah, you know? that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> COVID on COVID sex. Is yeah, that's that's alcohol, right. Right. alcohol to COVID. So. No, but <laughs> all the way to end the, uh, the half century episode. Well, well, <laughs> we, we won't soon forget this one. <laughs> we will see. But I, I agree with you. It really is going to be the last man standing. It's, yeah. But you know what? I think we're, I've accepted the mindset that. If we start off with three conferences and every all teams are playing and we end at half mast, right, fifty percent of the remaining, I'm cool. As long as I can see a premier game, if I can see LSU play Florida, I don't give a fuck what happens to Ole Miss. Yeah, if they're not playing anymore, I've never watched an Ole Miss game in my life. Probably will never. Hmm. You know, so um, I think we. I, I think what we'll do is if one get one team gets gets and says me, you know. That's it. I can't do it anymore. We, 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 it's not feasible. Then you just sort of shift your attention to Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, I, the last man standing analogy is perfect in this one. You know, there's going to be enough stubborn SEC, ACC schools, Big 12 schools that just say, you can't tell me what to do. We're, we're playing, we're training, we're doing our thing, and they're going to get as many takers and opponents as they can until it just fizzles out. And you just have to stress to your team, wear masks, Stay away from people. Mm-hmm. You can't go to parties. There'll be people to fuck it up, but hopefully you have good leadership to where that if a freshman comes in and fucks it up, he's in some trouble. Right. You know, and, and he's like, you know what? It's not really worth it. Yeah. You know? I, I, I think that's a lot to ask because college kids are the dumbest <coughs> kids in the world. They are. They are. Yeah, well, um, that's, again, I mean, not to get too far into a plan that doesn't exist, but that's why <laughs> you, if you're caught out of the, your bubble, it's two-week suspension. It's basically a quarantine. Yeah. Simple as that. And you say that beforehand, and that's, again, that's part of your plan. So somebody asks, you tell them that's how we're trying to protect everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's bullshit. You have a, you, it's on paper. I agree with so. you. They're, they're, if they end up with half of the teams playing at the end, I will be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. they will have a full season because I think there are at least two teams out there <laughs> that will make yeah. it through the whole thing. We'll, we'll see, man. I mean, again, logistically speaking, I, I got my popcorn. I'm on the sidelines. I'm watching. I don't have a horse in the race. I just want to see how... Like you said, a lot of very gifted, smart decision makers are out there. Can some, can some of them come together for the betterment of their universities to make sure that they're financially you know, better off than they were if they didn't play? If they can pull that off, kudos to them. Right I'm, now, as a betting man, I'd say it's less than 50-50. I'm with you, man. I, I, I wouldn't have minded if they had said, we're going to have a six-game schedule and we're going to play every two weeks. That way, we can test and we can have some time to yep. – maneuver 
mm-hmm. if uh, it, you know, because like I said, West Virginia they 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 play. And you know what else is bullshit? A team like Eastern Kentucky, whose conference canceled, says that they can still play the game against West Virginia. So they'll go have summer practice, play one game and get $450,000, mm-hmm. and then not play again the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's all money. Yep. But I guess the school's point is, is that pays everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? So, but that, <laughs> if you really think about the the betterment of the kids and their health, that's an obviously a, not a decision you would make. If, right. If you're going to cancel the season but still fucking let you go get the big money game, that doesn't make any sense. No, no. Either it's, cancel it's, it or don't. It's a big contradiction circle, yeah. you know. Well, and so. the other, just to, to, to pile on our, our boy, the Big Ten commissioner, apparently his son is on an SEC team. <laughs> he plays for Mississippi yeah. State. Who is and the he's, Big Ten commissioner? Something Don Warren. Yeah, Don Warren. Warren, something Warren. Warren. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I heard that on the junkies. His son yeah, plays for Mississippi State, and he has not opted out. <laughs> so obviously it's safe enough for his son to play football, but not safe enough for exactly. your son to play football. So how big uh, how big a cash windfall did this guy get for making this unilateral decision? That's <laughs> what we're going to come. See, to I, find I, out. I I don't know if it's him. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's sure. taking the bullets for the right. for the because that's his job. Yeah, you know how Cadell takes bullets for because that's his job yeah, for the owners. Yeah. It, there could be this could be a decision made by guys in bow ties. Yeah, who just said we're not playing football because yeah. I'm not dealing with that if some of my kids if, get right. If we had Mitch here, I'd, I'd ask him how he thought Wallace Lowe would handle the situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, uh, let's sign yeah. off for the week. And Caps let's, uh, eight p.m. tomorrow night. Caps eight p.m. tomorrow night. Shit. That's good for them. That's good yeah. for them. They get more yeah. rest. I was hoping for like six or seven. Yeah, I was hoping for earlier. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, I'm not watching it anyway. So. <laughs> That's a point. It's a good point. Your analysis will be cutting edge again next week. <laughs> my phone, fire for your, my phone said they, they sucked. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else to add for the week? Nope. I think we covered it all. Solved the world's yeah, problems as usual. Um, so, all know, right. Th- we'll thank see you for you next listening. Week, uh, 50 behind us now and uh, hopefully another 50 plus to go uh, with some more uh, you know, good DMV sports talk. So. Absolutely. See you guys. All right, guys. Let's stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Wear Cheers. masks. Word. Peace.